welcome to The Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing our first ever Nalini Singh uh, Slave to Sensation. And before we get into that, um, we want to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description, along with a link to our Goodreads that hasn't been updated in forever because I'm slacking, and also our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. I'm a slacker. Kat just looked at me like, just, how dare you? I can't even be upset because I have like a super long list of to-dos. I have three separate lists of to-dos. <laughs> and I'm on vacation. This is vacation week. So let's first off discuss <sighs> how we were supposed to do two pirate romances. We read my romance and we didn't read yours. Well, we did read it. We, just we read it. We it. didn't review it. Um, A lot's happened in the last couple of weeks. I've been sick. I was sick for like two weeks straight, which was awful. Mostly the reason why we didn't record is because Kat had a gross voice, and then the day after that, she had no voice. Yeah, it was like a week and a half of an awful cold, which I was super worried was COVID, which is part of the reason I didn't want to come over. Mm-hmm. Um, But it wasn't, because like we've said, we get tested every week. But then I went through like three or four days of almost no voice and having to still teach. And um, that's really hard to do. Like, let alone t- teaching, let alone trying to podcast on top of yeah, that. Yeah, so it was just one of the things where it was like, we'll just, we'll keep it in our back pocket for like a bonus episode or something, but it wasn't going to work. There was Not just with a no lot. voice. Yeah, there was a lot happening. Kat had that going on. I had a lot of work things going on. I still have a lot of work things going Ugh. on. How do I get to like not work anymore? Dude, who do we marry? You need a sugar daddy. I need a sugar mama. Um, applications can be filed in our um, email. <laughs> we'll take a look. Aswin's called a sugar mama. <laughs> How are you called? You don't. You're a teacher. You don't make enough to be a sugar mama. I make more than other people. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um, we're going to read Slave to Sensation, and we're going to talk about it. We've already read it. Yep. Before we get into all the fun stuff, Cat, I need to know what your expectations were going in, and were they met? Um, so going into this, I was like, weird. I definitely thought it had like a BDSM vibe to it, partly because the title is Slave to Sensation. I also didn't quite understand the, the changeling portion of this. So I was like, obviously there's something like mental capacity, right? Mm-hmm. But changeling, we don't call, me and you, we use the term shifter. Yeah. Um, so seeing it called something else, I didn't know what. That's because that, we're so. old millennials who grew up on weird shifter fan fiction. Well, and then he, like, in the book was explaining about changelings mm-hmm. and how they're different from, like, other versions of people. And I was like, oh, okay. So that made more sense because yeah. this is an older book anyways. Published um, in, I will get into the publishing and the author information here yeah, in a moment. Yeah, um, So did it meet your expectations? I would say it surpassed them. I... I don't know why I have this. I I honestly maybe think it's Twilight. When I read vampire or or wear books, uh-huh. I don't want to. Like I have a mental block of like not wanting to like them. Okay, and I think it's because we were fucked over so hard with the Twilight books because we were specific. told that they were werewolves and they weren't. They were shapeshifters, and there's a fucking difference. Yeah, and it's so I think 
that when I read something, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like it. Especially if you've read a bad shifter book, not even Mm -hmm. a romance, but that doesn't explain why shifters exist. Yeah. I think that's really confusing. And and that for me, that's hard to get over. Like, I need backstory. Yeah. And this did a really good job of that. So my expectations were, were met and... Beyond. Ex- and yeah. Okay. So I'll get into mine. I have read a Nalini Singh before this. I read one from the Archangels series that she did. Okay. Which was peak if you love angels. It's a little bit weird, but that's okay. I think all paranormal romances are a little bit weird, and that's okay. Was it Angel's Pawn? No. Um, Archangel's, fi- uh, Archangel's Kiss is the first one. I'm looking. Cat has a different cover than I do. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Angel's Ar- Blood, Archangel's Kiss, Consort, Blade, and Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Angel's Blood is the first one. Yeah. That's the one I read. Okay. And it was amazing. It was exactly what you wanted a paranormal. But this is the first time we're covering a Nalini Singh on the podcast. And I chose this because I had read the other book and someone on Twitter that I follow has decided to reread every single one of the books. Okay. In this, in this, in this series. Now, there's a main series, and then there's a spinoff trilogy. So this changeling series, the Psy changeling series, has twelve. Oh no, it's got more than that. Well, it has twelve listed. Twelve listed in yours, because she just, I think, came out with another one recently or something like that. They all have very like um, cryptic titles. Yeah, where I could see where I wouldn't pick up some of these either. One of them is Bonds of Justice. It sure is. So let's get into um, a little bit of research that I did today in about 10 minutes. I wrote it on school paper. Sure. Because I'm doing a report. Yeah. Um, Slaves to Sensation was published in September of 2006, so two years after I graduated high school. Um, let's get into a little bit about Nalini herself. She is a newly New Zealand author. She has had books appear on the New York Times bestseller list, the USA Today bestseller list, and Publishers Weekly bestseller lists. Um, She's got several awards. Like, I didn't even write them down because Wikipedia was like, here's a whole paragraph of her awards. And then she has published over two dozen novels, most of which being the Psy Changeling and the Archangel series. Okay. Um, So that's really cool. Love that for us. Um, We're going to do a little bit of content warning because there is a little bit of content warning that you want to get into. Not anything crazy. This one's not as tough as as, as like flowers in the attic. Yeah, not that as, one's not as probably terrible. the worst one that we've read that needed. Yeah, multiple warnings. And the only reason why we're really doing content warnings is because I do want to start adding that to everything that we read if we can find a content warning online. Something that other people have also pointed out. And I just I want to do it just so that our listeners are aware of what they might be getting into if they've not read. It reminds me of that TikTok thing right now where where the people go at things. That's how it content warnings are. Like if you don't have them and then you hit a part of your story and you're like, oh, no, yeah, (laughs) can't do it. And you you have to be warned a little bit. And I think more people should be putting their content warnings in their books when they publish. And just putting 18 plus doesn't mean shit. No, because usually 18 plus for romance means there's there's graphic sex. Yeah. But graphic sex could also mean bondage 
BDSM. Like, there could be, it could a, be rape a lot scene. of things. And so putting 18 plus doesn't really mean anything anymore. No. It's like, so, oh, there's a penis. Like, oh, oh, yay. That's exactly what I was looking for great. in 18 plus romance. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, all of my content warnings, I do get them from Storygraph. That is my own personal favorite website to use for my own um, bookkeeping, if you will, because I keep track of everything I read like a nerd. Um, so Storygraph has this listed as graphic depictions of sexual content, violence, and sexual violence. Mm-hmm. We have moderate depictions of rape, kidnapping, and murder. And then we've got a minor depiction of suicide. So nothing, um, nothing that should surprise you if I give you that information. And I'll be honest with you, the moderate depiction of rape, I don't particularly remember it the kidnapping and the murder yes the rape i don't know maybe i blocked it out i think that's an implied rape because of the murder because of the murders probably because of the like the way that those women were being treated yeah i think is the the idea behind that because like their actual relationship wasn't based on anything that would be considered rape exactly there was a lot of or like hostility or assault so much consent guys like so much consent and it was great yeah and i loved it so cat do you want to read the synopsis yeah it's kind of i don't know it's kind of short it's not super crazy but here we go aware that the ruling side punish any sign of desire sasha duncan must conceal the feelings that brand her as flawed to reveal them would be to sentence herself to the horror of rehabilitation the complete psychic erasure of everything she ever was Both human and animal, Lucas Hunter is a changeling hungry for sensation. After centuries of uneasy coexistence, these two races are on the verge of war over the brutal murders of several changeling women. Lucas is determined to find the Psy Killer, and Sasha is his ticket into their guarded society. But it seems this ice-cold Psy is capable of passion, and the animal in Lucas is aroused. Now, caught between conflicting worlds, Lucas and Sasha must remain bound to their identities, or sacrifice everything for a taste of darkest temptation. You can hear the growl in my voice, by the way. <laughs> um, um, you remember how we talked about um, Guardian Angel, how we had different covers and we had different synopses? Yeah. Same time, same thing. It's oh, a no. totally different synopsis. That's on confusing. My. But that's okay. Like, it, it's the same gist. This would be, like, the updated one, I guess. Yeah, yours is the Since updated. Since I have the updated cover. I have the old cover. I think I have the original cover. Which is great. It's just a dude with a tattoo, a shoulder tattoo. See, and mine's like a guy in a black suit with claw marks on his face. Hell yeah. Yours makes more sense. With the glowing eyes. Mine's just na- a naked dude. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're looking for. Well, he got he has jeans on. He's wearing jeans, but he's he's naked from the top just up. sexy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, the one thing I do want to talk about is that this is not just your typical paranormal romance where we have a paranormal being with either a human or another paranormal being right. that have, is of a different race. This is like a murder mystery on top of it. Yeah. Which is something that we've talked about. We prefer to have some kind of alternate plot thing going through the plot instead of just like fall in the falling in love plots Ugh. that are too simplistic. So it was a fun read. I enjoyed it. And it was a little scary sometimes. Did you have a little couple moments where you were like, what the fuck? There were a couple moments where I was like, ugh, like... <laughs> Not that it was really scary, but that it was, like, suspenseful in a way where I was really frustrated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
be honest with you, I flipped back and forth between this and the audiobook because I was crocheting. Oh, okay. Like a 90-year-old woman. Yeah. And when the suspense parts got, like, deeper or, like, more intense, I would crochet faster. <laughs> I was like, going like, no! <laughs> I was like, what's it happening? Was almost like reading parts of it, parts of it, not all of it, would be, like, the equivalent of reading or listening to some kind of true crime description. Because a lot of the information is coming to Sasha through the the signet, yeah, as you would hear it through a radio, and so I think that was maybe one of the things that was done really well. So, for me, what it was, it was that we have changelings, which you and I are familiar with, yeah, but we have a new paranormal being that we are not familiar with, which is the Psy. And it wasn't, here is just, here's this person and here's this person. They get together, we're done. We had legitimate backstory, like deep backstory. We understood how the Psy came about. It gave me a lot of like Burn For Me vibes. Yeah, because Burn For Me gave us a lot of back information A as lot well. of like Psy style writing. Like telekinetic yeah. abilities, things yeah. like that. So the Psynet is all of these Psy are connected telepathically. From birth. From birth. They don't get a choice. No. They're born into it. And so they have these links to everybody. And it's almost described like stars being connected. And some people's stars are brighter than other stars. But also at the same time, I thought of it like what the inside of a computer would look like. Like, if you go, like, way down deep in, like, the files, and it's like, here's little blips of files and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's, it kind of felt like that to me. But it was described so well and so in-depth that mm-hmm. I wasn't ever lost thinking about it and and reading it. And even when I was listening to it, I wasn't going, what? <laughs> I gotta go back. I don't didn't understand that. Sometimes if I'm listening to a paranormal or a fantasy, the world escapes me and I'm like, what did, What are they talking about? Yeah, yeah. But this one wasn't one of those situations. It was it was handled very well. And then we got a description of what the changeling were. Right. And how they came about and what they are. And, and it sounds like it's a three-tier society. Mm-hmm. So you've got humans who are like nothing. Lesser. Like they don't really add anything to the world as far as <laughs> anyone else is concerned. Pollution. Um, they they just make messes, which yep. I guess is like kind of accurate. Accurate. Um, and then we have the changelings, which are in all different forms. So we meet panthers, jaguars, bob no bobcat. Yeah, there was some kind of a wolves cat and wolves. And so we meet them through this, and they're like, they are more in tune with the earth. They want to take care of the earth, all this stuff. Um, but they're like, just leave the humans alone. They're just dumb, right? Yeah. Like, they're just doing what they know how to do, which is not very good. But, like, it's not their father. They're stupid. And then <laughs> at the top tier, they've placed themselves there, is the Psy. And yeah. they're, like, the elite. They think that everything they do is best. Um, They have more money. They Yeah, they need the technology. But if you ask a changeling who's on top, they'll say it's them. Right. Because they think they're better. And if you think about it, I kind of think that the changelings were right in that instance, in that they are more in tune with the planet, and they are the reason why electric cars exist, and, and they've got a little more nature. Because It the seems like over, arrogance of like the elite really leads to their downfall. Yeah. 
not just in like books, but in like real life. Mm-hmm. But um, that was something that was kind of a common theme throughout the reading. Yeah, yeah. You keep looking at hot and badgered over there. Yeah, because it's very large. <laughs> so, Cat, before we started, we were talking about changing and changelings and shifters, and um, she wants us to read a bear shifter. And she said, "Do those even exist? Are they in print?" And I went and grabbed Sherry Lawrence, Shelley Lawrenceston's Hot and Badgered. And the face she made when she was reading the synopsis was probably the best face I've ever seen in my life. Because it sounds so funny. Yeah. But considering what we've been reading, like... Do we want to read do it? Do we want to read more Shifters? Or... I, I mean, know. I'm always here for Shifters. One of my favorite series of all time is Shifters. It's I think best. this was a really good portrayal of Shifters. Yeah. Compared to others we've read, um, it wasn't the same as, like, werewolves, which is, like, the prevailing most popular form of shifters right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that, except that some people get the backstory wrong. This was more, it was less about how they created their pack and more about how their pack is bonded, which I think is more interesting. I would prefer to read more about how a pack dynamic works as opposed to how it was created and what they are and everything. I want to know how the inner dynamics of an actual yeah. group of shifters works as opposed to that weird hierarchy. I'm the alpha, everything I say goes. Yeah. We had that in this, but we also had, here's why I had to do that. Yeah. And, and we had the is. little children in this one. And they were so cute. And they're lo- they are able to shift from the time they're like one year old, which is also very different. Can you imagine a one year old shifter? Can you imagine your nephew as a little tiny panther? No. <laughs> It'd be so funny. He would 100% chew on your shoes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. He might already do that. <laughs> To be honest, he chews on everything. Like, anything you hand him, it goes right in his mouth. And it's like, ah! I love it. It's the best. Scary. Um, How did you feel about the murder plot? So we have this this overarching plot of murder. Um, We have some characters that have gone missing. They're changeling characters. And Lucas, the main male character, our our love interest, he has noticed a distinct metallic tang the scent of these murders when he finds the bodies and it he knows it's Psy. So we know that the murderer is a Psy and we're trying this whole time to figure out who it is. How did you feel about having a murder plot and how it was played out? I didn't expect the murder plot <laughs> um which is which was part of the problem just it was unexpected. Okay. I don't know why I don't expect that. Maybe because I'm so used to reading, like, romances that are, like, really mushy. Yeah. And we just came off of our pirate romance, which didn't have any mystery at all. No. And, um, so having this one, where they threw in, like, an actual serial killer. Yeah. Like, the whole discovery of this isn't the first or second or third time, it was, like, the seventh victim. They're all killed in the same way. It's all been a cover-up. And, you know, on and on and on. And then Lucas being able to determine that it's Sai versus Sasha, who is who is Sai, trying to cover up that she is not a normal Sai. is mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of problems being thrown around all at once, which isn't a bad thing. 
Um, it's just, it was a lot. It was just a lot because, but it wasn't confusing. Mm-mm. It was just overwhelming in some parts. Like I wasn't ever confused about why Sasha was upset at having too many emotions. Like that didn't confuse me at all. Or like, for sure, I knew who the stupid murderer was. Like the second he was introduced, and I was like, ugh. I hate you. For once, didn't feel like an idiot. Because I have this problem. Okay, I'm going to be 100% honest with everybody right now. I mean, I'm always 100% honest with everybody. But um, in this instance, I'm going to bare my soul to you all. When I'm reading mystery thrillers, I'm an absolute moron. And the twist will happen. And I'm like, (gasps) I 100% do not see it coming. But for the first time ever, I actually knew who it was. And I didn't feel dumb. And you were like, thank God. Because, okay, we don't see our murderer a lot of the time. Nope. But we see him enough of the time that you hate him. He's gross. In, like, a lot of ways. And, like, he's always described as having, like, such cold eyes that he would be capable of violence. Like, even though Sasha doesn't really understand those feelings because she's never fully explored her feelings. Yeah, like she's barely touching the surface throughout this book. Um but like knowing that even she can identify that is is a little scary, right? Yeah. So let's let's get a little bit into Sasha having emotions. So the Psy don't have emotions. They got rid of all of them. Literally everything. And then if they show emotions, they're, like, defective. And they get reprogrammed, is what they call it. So basically, they're essentially just glorified janitors. Which is so sad. It is awful. And Sasha grows up having emotions and she doesn't understand, but she knows she has to hide them. Right. So she has created mental barriers so that no one will know she's different. But she's what's called a cardinal psi, meaning she's supposed to be one of the highest that you can get. Right. But she doesn't have the highest cardinal powers. So no one really understands, like, they, like, where never her flaw developed happened. fully, even with training. Her star looks different compared to everyone else's. It shoots out rainbow sparks. Yeah. Which is why she has the shield up to make it look more normal because she doesn't want attention. Yeah. Drawn to that because then she'll be sent to rehab and. And all it's awful. But then we find out why she is the way she is. Right. She is. At the very end. At the like very the last end. two chapters. She is what they call an e And that's a designation that's been gone away with. They don't use it anymore. Right. And the e means that she is empathic. And she can feel emotions. And she can feel others' emotions. And she can help them through their emotions. So throughout the book, she kind of talks about how she takes someone's emotions. Like, one of the characters is feeling immense rage, and she'll take that rage. Or they're feeling pain or a lot of pain and sadness, and she'll take that away so they don't feel that anymore. And she she describes it as, like, gathering it in her arms Mm -hmm. and removing it from that person's, like, spiritual... Energy. Energy and taking it with her. Yeah. But every time she does, she does it like three times in the book. When she does it, she can't explain it. And so she 
physically leaves wherever she is uh-huh. and gets to her apartment and locks herself in and like collapses and passes out. Has a breakdown. Because she doesn't know what to do with it. No. She has to like let it work through her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's because but she has so many emotions that she doesn't understand because she grew up in a society where they don't have emotions. So she doesn't know what happiness is. She doesn't know what sadness or rage or any of that is because she doesn't understand it. No one understands it. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did that, that that was something that Nalini chose for her character to have something be defective and show that it's okay that just because you are, quote unquote, defective by your, you know, your racist standards doesn't mean you are defective. It just means you have a different designation. When she finally has the opportunity to show to show who she is, she is incredibly powerful if you think about it. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that she is. It's just her her version of power is what would be seen as being, even in, like, our normal human world. Yeah. Because being empathic and being o- what we would consider, like, overly compassionate isn't something where people are like, oh, I wish I was that. Because people are like, why do you cry when other people cry? Or, like, right? you know, and... I my mom's very empathic and yes she, she is like if there's ever anyone who's like that's not real please just spend a couple days with my mom because you don't even have to spend a couple days like with her. a couple hours maybe yeah just a couple hours with your mom yeah. um cats mom if you're listening we love you um but we see it and we know and sometimes it's okay to let it go it's it can be really f- difficult. Yeah. And frustrating for everyone involved, mm-hmm. depending on what the empathic person is dealing with ter- tertiarily. Because it's not necessarily anything to do with them, but because your energy is pushing them uh-huh. and your emotions are pushing at them, they're mirroring in a weird way. And then literally collecting that hurt or that frustration or whatever it and is. your mom and like reflecting it onto themselves your mom has a lot of anxiety issues with that and it, yeah. it can be really hard and i you know you can kind of see that in sasha that she has that anxiety yeah. where she does need to shut everything down the first instance of just being overwhelmed after she meets lucas she has to turn off all of the cameras so that, like, when she takes a call, you can't, like, face... It's like a FaceTime call, essentially. Yeah. They can't see her face because she knows that it's going to give her away. And she's been experiencing, like, things that are good. Yeah. Like, happiness and, and like, family bonding. She experiences and she knows love she for the first time. That. Yeah, she experiences love for the first time. So throughout this whole, this whole book, it's, it's her... Figuring out what it means to be her, this mm-hmm. quote unquote broken sigh, as she calls herself, this defective person, and Lucas showing her that, no, you're not defective, you're just different. Right. And the romance was great because she does have these sigh abilities and she is an em- empathetic sigh. So her first ever experiment with dreaming. <laughs> She sends it to him and does not know she's done this until, like, the third time. And it's a No, she doesn't know until they're actually, like, having sex. That, yeah, she, she essentially pushes her sex dream onto him. So what she's doing in her dream, he's actually dreaming it as well. And she's it's like, like lucid dreaming yeah. but with someone else's consciousness. And she so they're having these sex he's they're both having these sex dreams and she doesn't understand why he's talking back to her. 
And she even says in the dream, like, you shouldn't be able to talk. Yeah. And he's like, what? it's my dream. She's like, no, it's my dream. <laughs> like, they don't, neither one of them really get it until they're actually together and they have sex, like, in person and not just in a dream. But even the dream sex was written really well. Yeah. Like, really well. And that wasn't even, like, full intercourse. No. That was, like... Heavy petting. Yeah. Blowjob. Yeah. Things like that, but... And it was... It was kind of funny. And then when he's like, you have skin privilege, she's like, why? He's like, because you've already done this. Like... Yeah. And she was like, what are you talking about? And she has no idea. And it kind of... There's a few times in this book that Lucas questions why he is more sensitive to psi energy than most others. Uh-huh. And he kind of chalks it up to just that he's a hunter. Yeah. But I don't know that that's fully it. I think maybe he's an empathic. Well, there was... Changeling and doesn't know it or something. I think, though, if you list, if you read it the way I read it, he does say somewhere along his family line, he does have, like, a great-grandmother or something who was psi. Which might explain that as well. But then he also went into the family bonding stuff of his, like, pack or whatever, too. So, well, and I think that his panther took Sasha on as his. Like, that is his person. That's his mate. Mm-hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. You know how sometimes we read these romances where we have a shifter and they get, like, you are mine and now they're, like, weirdly telepathy, like, telepathically linked? linked. I've only read that in, like, mated pairs or, like, the mating bond stuff. Yeah. And it is... It's weird. Weird. But we didn't... But it also would make sense. But we didn't get, like, hardcore, we can talk to each other with our minds now. No. Thank God. Because if we had, this book would have had a low rating. <laughs> I'd have been like, and out. It's very... It's It's, like, one of those unique things that is supposedly... A purely animal thing, I yeah. guess. Like, speaking without words. Whatever. But, like, Sasha doesn't need to do that because she can literally... Link in the her book, mind. Link with people or push with her actual energy. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't a huge need for that. And it didn't really seem, like, aside from really, really animalistic instincts, the other changelings were no. very much like that either. No. I did enjoy, though, like, they do have, the changelings do have those extra senses, like, they have better hearing. Night vision. Night vision, yeah. Yeah. The better hearing, man. If I could hear people coming up behind me, people driving up, I mean, I hear it now, but that's because I have shit insulation. But, like, if I can, (laughs) maybe I just need night vision. I don't think I want to hear. Maybe I just want night vision. I can't see for shit in the dark. Got that night blindness. <laughs> I got that night blindness bad. Um, I was also kind of glad that Lucas didn't talk to his inner beast a lot. Um, and the panther didn't like he talk did, to us. but it wasn't like a. It was more acknowledging that like animal part of his mind. Yeah, because he he does explain to her like I am this and. And but, my panther is me kind of a, a talk. We are the same being. Like, We're not, not two separate beings. Um, I am currently attempting to read a shifter romance on an app. <laughs> and it's, first of all, it's awful. For like a lot of reasons. <laughs> because they don't explain things. 
But also, the person, the human side and the wolf side are separate. And so they have a human name and a wolf name. What the fuck? That I don't understand. And as far as I can tell, all of the wolves and humans have to have names that start with the same letter. Which is really dumb. So, like, if the human's name is Henry, his wolf needs to be... Something with an H. Hugo or whatever? Yeah, so, like, the one of the dudes in the book, his name's Derek, and his wolf is Drax. What the fuck? And one of the females, um, her name is Lake, and her wolf's name is Lynn. It's just not necessary, is I, what I'm saying. I wish you guys like, could see my face right now. I'm so confused. But also, can we point out that Kat doesn't read real books unless we're talking about them on the podcast? That's not because, true! Because she reads them on those apps. Okay, I do read a lot on those apps. <laughs> I do. Because I want to see what else is out there. Because what if I don't know if I like something? I mean, that's fair. I feel like, though, we're going to go on a little tangent here. I feel like, though, you've been introduced to a lot of things uh-huh. in with this podcast that you wouldn't have been otherwise. Well, like, romance stuff, like, in our early podcast, like, yeah, I've read romance a lot. I didn't always read the different versions of romance as, as deep as we've got in this podcast. Okay. Like, I'd read paranormal, I'd read mystery, I'd read, you know, whatever, but not so much like this. Like, I would never probably pick up a dragon book. And we did. And be like, hey, I mean, the only one I can remember ever reading was, like, Dragon Song or whatever. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't feel like that was real. But. <laughs> I don't feel, was it like a fever dream? <laughs> no, I don't know. It was bad. It was also oh, when I was, like, shit. in middle school. Okay, okay. But, like, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, as an adult, I would never think, I should read this dragon book. I should read this space read more, book. Read more broadly. Right. Okay. Because I feel like a, the trap we fall into is as we get older, we find one thing we like. And we stick and with And we it. stick with that because our go-to. And that's probably what I had fallen into, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I would like to say that I have recently gotten out of my I only read paranormal romance or I only read fantasy. Mm -hmm. I started reading horror for the first time in my life. Okay. Is it Stephen King? I am having the best time ever. Interesting. I still have not found the book that scares me, though. You? I don't think you want that. No, I want I want a book that scares me. Why? Because I want to read something that's going to terrify me. If you have You live by yourself on like a weird property. I know. Why do you want to be scared? I cause I've never had a book scare me that wasn't like a I had a thriller and the thriller scared me only because the main character got buried alive. Mm. And it was like heart palpitations. Oh my god, are they gonna get saved or are they gonna die? But I want something to like scare me. I read The Haunting of Hill House. That didn't scare me. I read My Best Friend's Exorcism. That didn't scare me. There was one scene that kind of grossed me out where I was like, oh. But it wasn't like, oh my god, that's terrifying. I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah, see, I'm much more of a weenie. No. I mean, I will watch TV like, shows like that. Well, I read that Cressley Cole and that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, that book was cool, though. Oh, no, it's like a really good series. It's um, the Arcana Chronicles, I think. Yeah, yeah but Chris like Nicole. the one where she, what does she do? Well, the Bagmen are really scary anyways, right? Yeah. They're really creepy. 
But then it's the, like, second or third one, maybe. Maybe it's the second one. Where she has to go and save people who are going to be eaten alive. I didn't get that far. Okay. Well, so she has to go into this cave and it's, like, a weird version of going into hell. Okay. And she has to save someone who's already had their arms and legs cut off and they're just a torso and a head. And so he's going to be eaten by this guy because he's, like, an evil arcana, right? And see, now your face is like, what the hell? Why? And so she's the poison princess. So she uses her little, her, like, plants that she can grow and poisons him, the the guy who's going to be eaten. Yeah. So that when they eat him, then the guy who's in charge of hell, who's not Satan, but is, like, a different arcana, also gets poisoned so that she can escape. Okay. Like, the whole story of her going down into this hell... And this then escaping is, from it is really horrifying. This is a children's book. This is a young adult series. I'm just telling you, it was scary. Bananas. Like, the bag men were already scary. And then, like, there's, like, twins that want to eat you alive. There's there's some scary shit in that Cressley Cole man. You know what's funny? She has a whole adult series. I know. We should read one one day. Maybe. We should have a Cressley Cole month. Maybe. I liked it. I liked the book, but it I did we'll, not sleep well. We'll th- we'll think about that. We'll I play didn't with that. Sleep well at all. This is not about what Jessica is reading as horror novels and would Which like. It sounds like you need some different novels. I need someone to scare the shit out of me. If you have if you have scary horror novel recommendations that are not Stephen King, bring him to me. I'm not a big Stephen King fan. I'm sorry. He is a prolific author that's great. His writing and I just don't get along. I read The Stand. I did it. It was long. I think that's part of the problem is his books are really long. They're very wordy. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me to read it, but I'm like, mm, TV show scared me enough. I don't want to read that in book form. But if you have a book that might scare me, let me know. I've had, you know, my friend Trisha over at Mostly Books tried to give me a book called Horror Store that would scare me. I read it. It didn't scare me. It was good. It didn't scare me. Um, <laughs> so... Let's get back to Slave to Sensation. Yeah, that was a bigger tangent than we thought it would be. I did not mean to go that in depth, but it's fine. It happens. It's Tuesday night. I told Kat, it's fine. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. I don't know what day it is. Yeah, it's not Monday. (laughs) Like, where are we in life? Um, Anything else you want to talk about with this one? Or is this going to be another kind of shorter episode? Which is fine. We're out of the swing of things. I don't... I don't know. I think I think we don't need to cover very much else just because I feel like this isn't one that we can talk really in depth about without spoiling the entire book. And if yeah. you haven't read it and you want to read it, I don't want to spoil it because I think this is one that you should read yeah. without spoilers. Yeah. So here's my question then. Okay. Will you continue with the series? I think I will. I enjoyed it. And the next one is Visions of Heat. Yes. And it's about another within uh, Lucas's uh, pack. Pack. It's Vaughn. Ooh, I liked Vaughn. Yeah. So I think that would be good. Okay. Um, I don't have, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, the only annoying thing that I texted you is that sometimes Singh uses words that i don't think belong where they are but then we're saying that maybe that's because she's from new zealand from new zealand and not the united states and uses words differently or probably correctly 
not everyone can be ignorant Americans. Yeah. So I can't really hold. And it was only like a couple things. And the word that stood out to me was abetting. Because we only use that in police things here. Yeah. Aiding and abetting. Aiding and abetting. But it wasn't used that way. Anyways, uh, I liked it. I would read the next one. Um, I'm going to give it like a four and a half out of five. Hey, guess what? Me too. Oh, weird. I also gave it a four and a half, four and a half out of awesome. five. Awesome. And I am going to continue the series because I've been finding them at used bookstores. Oh, cool. So I've already got a good collection going on the shelf in there. Nice. Hell yeah. So uh, This will be one that doesn't get donated. No, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> Are you going to donate yours or will you keep yours? I'll probably as well? keep this one. I usually keep the ones that I think I would read again. Yeah. Um, I have a bad habit of not rereading books unless I have to, but I think that's because I usually remember most everything. You have so. a really weird memory. Yeah. I remember things from when I'm drinking. I remember books I read, but I would never, ever say I have a photographic memory. No. Because there are times no. where I'll be like, do you remember that one time? And you're looking at me like, no. Yeah, because there are some things that I just, like, block out that I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> sure. I'll say it, and she'll go, I don't know. And then I'm like, cool. So oh, my God. That care. happened to me. Oh, my God. So this past weekend, me and my sister and my brother-in-law, we went to Tucson Meet Yourself. Uh-huh. And um, my sister's talking about, remember when we took Whalebutt, and it was, like, the first time he had ever been to the street fair. We're talking about Fourth Avenue Street Fair. Yeah. Because it's nice and cool out and we're like, that should happen soon, right? I was like, I don't remember this. I was like, I, was I with you? And she was like, yeah, you and him and me and Steven and our parents. And I was like, I don't remember this. And she's like, you were there. We got lemonade. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, did we have fun? And she was like, yeah. I was like, did Wilba have fun? She was like, yeah. And I was like, why don't I remember this? And that would have been, like, what, like, four or five years ago. But, like, so I want to preface what? this by saying. Just missing chunk of my memory right there. That cat is saying whale butt. Oh, yeah, whale butt. Um, It sometimes gets put into a weird context where we'll just not enunciate the whole thing. And that is her brother-in-law's brother. That's not his real name. No, uh, he earned this nickname because... We went to a military graduation, and we all got to go to SeaWorld for free for Military Day. Yeah. And at some point, we're watching the Orca show, which you should never go to SeaWorld, by the way. No. But, like, whatever. It was free. It was free, and, like, you got to pet dolphins and shit. Um, but at some point, one of us goes, what part of the whale do you think you would eat? And he goes, definitely the butt. I feel like that was a lot of the muscle that you'd want to eat. And we're like, what? <laughs> so he became whale butt, and he has been ever since. And that was, like, That's my first vacation with him. In your phone, you have him as whale butt. Yeah, and it has whale emojis. And if I ask Siri to call him, it says, spouting whale. <laughs> spouting whale. Because that's what the emojis called. <laughs> and he didn't know that. And, like... If you guys ever want to have a fun time, ask your ask Siri to name the emojis because they're funny. You don't think they're called what they're called. Nope. And spouting whale was just way out of left field. That's the best. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, yes. so chunks of my memory go missing. It happens. It happens. Like, I don't know how that happened. But sometimes, sometimes when I say things to her, I just think, okay, maybe that didn't have as big of an impact on her as it did on me. That's fine. I, car- I like compartmentalize a lot of things. And sometimes the little compartments just get like shoved way to the back. Like a weird Rolodex. Yeah. You know, just spin it around again or something. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so now that we've rated Slave to Sensation and we've decided that we will, in fact, read the next ones because this one was good and we liked it. Yeah. Um, I would like to preface this by saying I'm sorry I did not do my normal theme announcement for the month. If you haven't figured it out, it's Paranormal Romance. Um, surprise! It surprise! will always be Paranormal Romance. In October, because it's the one time Cat lets me read Paranormals. She's nodding her head, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much out there aside from paranormal. Yes. I mean, even though November, they're good. In November, we're reading a paranormal, and I didn't pick it. I know. Isn't that weird? You did. I'm excited for it. But before we get into November, yeah. let's discuss our next book, which is Cat's Selection. It's called Bad Blood by L.A. Banks. Yeah. I just bought it on Thrift Books. I picked it uh, based on ratings and based on the synopsis. Fantastic. Yep. I cannot wait. It has werewolves. Yeah, because why not add to more of the shifter shit? Not ghosts. Not hauntings. No. Just shifters. Shifter That's shit. like the fun part for now, I guess. Listen, I'm always down for some shifters. Yeah. Like always, literally half of my bookshelf that's paranormal romance is shifters. There's nothing wrong with it. No, mm-hmm. there's not. Everyone should read more shifters. If you have horror novels for me, send them. If you have bear shifter romances for Cat, I want to try it. I'm going to try this one. Send but them. I want to try it because, like, I'm super disappointed that that series went awry. Yes. On that other app. So, uh, until next time, remember. Bad bitches read romance. Bye.